0: Hello! Hi! Welcome once again to another installment of Post Poet Pop. This is episode 21. I guess we have met and beat the dealer finally, but I am not a gambler, so I don't know. I shouldn't verge into gambling metaphors. I hope you're not a gambler either, but if you are, good luck. So yeah, this is episode 21. It is a two-for-one. one 2 two-for-one. And we're featuring two poets. These poets visited me at my home, right here in Louisville, Kentucky. We had a wonderful day together. And those poets are Elizabeth Metzger and Timothy Donnelly. Elizabeth lives in Los Angeles. She is the editor of the Los Angeles Review of Books. And she is the author of her second book, Lying In, which we will focus on today after we hear from both poets and a little snippet of conversation. We will focus on Elizabeth first Her book, Lying In, was just published by Milkweed Editions in 2023, and it takes its title from the cultural practice of bed rest, or confinement, as tough as that word is, that occurs before, during, and after giving birth. In Lying In, Elizabeth is able to create a transmogrified world that's a little bit gothic, it's a little bit fable-esque, but it's also very modern and very real. Her speaker and others noted throughout the book are able to occupy multiple points in time, but also kind of be in multiple places at once. Elizabeth writes at the end of the poem, daughter as myself, taste no taste. Pull a sheet over your tongue if you have to. Invent a tongue for the carrot. This meal is purely for passing through. Over on the eastern seaboard, we have Timothy Donnelly. Brooklyn resident and professor at Columbia University in Manhattan, and author of his fourth book, Chariot, which we will focus on today. Second, Chariot is published by Wave Books this year, 2023, and is both similar and unique to the previous poetics readers may have come to know of Timothy's. These poems are a little bit more formulaic than usual, but they still brim from the middle, cascading out to the sides, chock full of meaning and long breaths. Timothy writes in the poem entitled, Reality Hit Me, So I hit back, bare knuckle, all my weight, across the ugly truth of it. Afterwards, a hand stings for decades in embarrassment. This impedes ones growing closer to the feel of things as they are, making everyday merchandise hard to hold without a wince. If anything, it is the meditative thinking that shines through their process, where things begin locatable, But do not stay put, and we end somewhere else each time. That may be an in common poetics that Elizabeth and Timothy both exude. When the two of them visited Louisville to give a reading as part of the Speak Social series hosted by John James, we all spent the day together, and it was quite the memorable day. I'm very grateful for it. I'm here to thank them from the bottom of my heart, and I'm here to present you with our conversation. And without further ado... Why don't we start it off with a little dancing?
1: I, I think if I were on a kayak with strangers in the Guantes Canal, I would I'd be like, what am I doing here? Yeah. They don't want me there either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. I immediately start splintering. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible habit I have. So no group, really, no, except for maybe poets, but... Outside yeah. Of that yeah 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 and well, teaching 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 well, i know yeah. i don't want to exaggerate my own pathology but <laughs> I, but you know like i feel like when you know you're supposed to be doing something it's like i feel this strong compulsion to do the opposite thing or at least something very different yeah um, yeah yeah okay i know it's not it's not a boast it's more of a diagnosis uh and it's 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 terrible that's why i was laughing so much when i wasn't because i wasn't supposed to be laughing <laughs> so I don't
0: belong in groups. This is more like saving others from you. Sparing people. Oh, okay, in, yeah.
1: right. Well, you, you learn you learn that from being a member of the family. And of course, the bonus is your own independence. And Yeah. I, I, I'll i stop talking about this.
0: I like the honesty. Yeah. I I think like, it's, it's not I like It's, kind of, and it's
1: and Maybe a poet's thing. thing. I think maybe. it might be. Yeah. I don't want to be the one to say it, but I yeah. do think that my own poetic the, the practice... If it's rooted in deep, deep, deep into my psyche, and yeah. I believe it is, it right. comes from from that, from independent play. Hmm. Yeah.
2: You seem to lean but, into the like feeling like you want to do the opposite of the group. Yeah. I feel like I split in a different way, which is like I'll I'll keep doing the thing I should do, but then feel very removed. Not necessarily because I want to do the opposite, but I'm just like not. Bully there, so there's like it
0: burns no you thing. out to the point where you want to retract a little bit, or like, oh, well, you know I what not it, there like...
2: anymore. Okay. I mean? Okay, gotcha. Acting
1: like I'm there. Gotcha. Oh yeah, you, like you dissociate.
2: Yeah.
3: Can't believe it's so. Though it seems strange to say, I've never been late, so though, such a mysterious way. And the course of lifetime runs over and over again. But I would not give you false hope oh, no. on this strange
2: You've been on earth so long already. All my life, all I've wanted was to be myself and someone else, not theirs, but them. My shame about this greed made me hesitant with other children. I wanted what they wanted, but apart. I tried to make it, spooned what I could into shallow mental dishes I stacked all night and poured through my neediest hole, which opens only for medicine or extreme misunderstanding. My teeth browned from too much thirst too late. My eyes bulged from noticing what I wasn't meant to be. There was a playground I went to and can't take you. The first thing I did daily was look for a place to hide or flee. There were plenty of gates and wide enough trees, but I stayed off-center, just beyond the sprinkler's range. The others played until they snacked around me. Sometimes they cried. Sometimes they looked consoled by what they couldn't have. No, not now. The boundary of things. The boundary of time. I wish this for you. Come soon. To be withheld." They were so freely asking for more world.
0: Um, I really wanted to talk about the sound factor that I couldn't get over, at least as a reader, between already as one word and already as two words. Um, Because when you read this out loud and no one's read the book, um, I was just thinking about that and also just how, you know, there are distances between... um, Sound and term, and and how one means being tired, and the other, even though it sounds the same, means being agile and all prepared. And then I was thinking about those terms in terms of being a mother and motherhood, et cetera. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Already versus already. Um, and then it reminded me, and I had to go and read my my Levinas, um, where he says the relationship with the other is already the future.
2: Wow. Um,
0: and so, yeah, already. That's
2: beautiful. So, I, you know, I, I've never thought about that. I and mean, that's absolutely true. Like the, the already and the already, because it is future leaning and past leaning. And this poem is totally that it's a meeting in the poem, which was one of the few poems that was actually conceived of, um, while I was pregnant, oh. most of them happened sort of AF in the aftermath. This one, I remember thinking about this playground, and the playground was this space where, like, you only go if you are a child, or, like, with a child, or have a child. I felt like that, yeah, my past, like, child self and this future potential child both seemed very unreal, but they could exist in this playground, in my mind. So, like, the already pointing in both directions would feel
0: right. It's it's good to know that, yeah, and... Totally. We, Michelle and I used to live by a, a playground in Prospect Heights, and I always wanted to sit there and hang out. And it's like, that's the one place I will yeah. never sit and hang yeah. out.
4: Um,
0: but, you know, it, it did have, like, a lot of energy and a lot of feeling. And it also somehow was calm, and, and it's, it's interesting knowing that, considering the, the poem. And also, there. so you use the word noticing, which is, it's kind of a, a hinged usage, there's like a lot of weight on it in the poem, I think. The etymology of notice... Um. Uh, also means getting to know from Greek. I think from in, in otus. You know, it's it's just interesting, like how I don't know. I can't imagine physically, of course, but intellectually at least, motherhood ushering something in is this getting to know, but it's also seeing and it's all the the angles and the points. And so also how you mentioned when you were in in lying in, you you were in this room and looking at everything multiple times. Yeah, so,
2: noticing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, seems really important to me. In motherhood, as you're saying, like, there's this feeling of, like, looking and waiting for every, like, that hypervigilance of motherhood, which is not just noticing visually, but noticing, like, waiting for the cry and kind of feeling like you can never, you're never alone, you can never rest in that sense. But um, I think, yeah, in this poem, which was before, I wrote it before the phase where that was happening to me, because I was still pregnant, but I was very much noticing, like, every movement like you know in in my body and what was happening because it feels so strange to not be in that sense not be alone um also but i i think what happened in this poem is i started thinking about like what the origins of that were for me because i think noticing may just be centrally important to like a way of feeling in the world but usually very related to feeling somewhat on the outskirts and that's actually the place where i like to be
0: that i that i wanted to ask you about specifically is that the you in the book it felt like sometimes it could be a child it could be a husband it could be the self the speaker um and it kind of seemed to like tie a bunch of separate beings together like 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 in a bundle um not necessarily darker in a torturous way but you know um that all these beings were were held together. And um, I was curious if each of those pronoun implementations were an active choice, or if they were just like freely kind of emulated.
2: That's a great question. Yeah, I've thought about this you a lot um, because I think it must kind of evolve in in the writing. I don't think I necessarily start a poem being sure of who that you is. But I definitely know that in, like, arranging the book, I didn't feel like I could separate it out either. So the torturous bundle seems yeah. like it was part of the... I had to, like, give in to that, because otherwise the arrangement was going to have to be, like, defined by separating the yous. And a lo- some of them do. Like, some of them are clearly, like, I don't want you to mistake certain ones for someone else. But for the most part, I like the... Fluidity of them probably more between poems than like within one um, right. But I yeah, I, I like that because I think I maybe like when I was early in the writing process I thought this book was gonna be all like s- me speaking with preverbal child and that kind of communion, but I was actually really grateful that it expanded to Use that could be the self and use that could be other. Yeah more interesting or ambiguous forces.
0: So did you want to, did you know, just the thing you just mentioned, did you know that you wanted to always write a book like Archetypal to Motherhood?
2: I guess I did think that unlike writing my first book, I felt like, okay, I'm having an experience right now. This has got to lead to writing because in the moment of, or the moment of being on bed rest and what, that what motherhood was for me I didn't really feel like I was actively writing a book then so I felt like I hope this experience somehow becomes something but no I don't think I like in the end wanted it to be about motherhood but more I feel like a lot of it is like through motherhood I discovered new ways of being in time new ways of being in myself Mm -hmm. new ways of just kind of perceiving things that I wanted to celebrate rather than just see in real life it was mostly not celebrated but right. in poetry yes. it could become interesting to me.
0: Perfect segue because I should preface this as it could be potentially sexist and I know when everyone says that it will be sexist <laughs> but I don't mean it to be but it could be and I just I kept thinking about because there's the kind of explanation or acknowledgement where you align lying in um, to quarantine like the, mm-hmm. the period and, and 40 days and all of that stuff and it just felt like lying in, even as a process, as I, as I read about it, and then thinking about that, that acknowledgement with quarantine, like, is like this uh, archaic concept, not like a modern concept. Well, it's not archaic, because it's a process that has essentially been responsible for, in part, evolving the human species. And, and, and so it's interesting, because it's like, maybe as we evolve, patriarchy evolves, which seems quite obvious, but then how language falls in line, and something like lying in can feel like something only ancient egyptians and greeks did but we don't do that anymore you know what i mean yeah
2: totally i mean i do think and i think quarantine itself like that word even though we We all started using it it again but like the 40 days like it does feel biblical almost lying in yeah i think i was so interested in that being the term like i thought if people were going to talk about this now it's like sort of a la mode to like have this like 40 day the first there's a cookbook called the first 40 days that's all about that postpartum period yeah. and I learned about this like really early on in my pregnancy and I said like, this is fine there's a term for not letting people come over <laughs> you know like the, there was a part of me that was very excited that there was like this word for it um but it kind of I don't think that I yeah subscribe to it in it's literal 40 day period I think the whole point is that maybe because I resisted like the archaic or impossible idea of it in our moment today um for me it was more like it's it kind of never ends it kind of it's always been happening it really isn't related to some arbitrary postpartum period okay so I I see it more as like a kind of state of being also because the idea like it came to me early in the pregnancy but then I ended up stuck for most of the pregnancy in a room like in a very limited space Mm. so for me like the lying in that apparently happens after in those first 40 days was absolutely more true for me before the baby was even born still seems maybe something I'd like to
0: ask room uh, like in a hospital or something no I was really
2: lucky to be able to do it at home I Um, I was on an IV but like I was able to do it at home and that That did help, I think. I mean, that would have been a different book, I think, because the room and, like, the looking at things um, for a long period of time definitely informed. I was lucky to have windows that had... So the weather, like, whatever was happening felt like it kind of came to me, which, fortunate. Yeah.
4: Mm. Okay.
2: Hospitals don't usually. Like,
0: no, that's not a thing. I would guess. Yeah, or you'd be lucky to have a window. A window at all. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't get away from that thought, and I and I didn't want to not ask it. I guess. And, and, and... I didn't feel like
2: it was sexist. Okay. okay. Cool. I'm hearing you say this. I feel like maybe there's something about using a term that's like so specific to motherhood that is defined that way. That I want. I want you to feel exactly that. Like that's what we all do, and not. Have it, right. you know, bring the not avoid motherhood, but bring the topics of that and yeah. things that are usually not in poetry talked about as just something like a woman would understand or just something right. um, someone who has a baby would understand and let us see what is more universal in it.
0: You have the thing that's archetypal that you go through, and then there's this also maybe this creative archetypal alongside it too. And it's yeah. just interesting to think about the evolution of these processes. And then where the world's at and how something might feel because of language. But, you know. Totally.
2: And also like the lack of control, even if you think you know what you're writing about or doing. Like I don't, to, I think a lot of poets feel this way or a lot of artists, but like I don't necessarily know that whatever my thoughts were about the term or what I was trying to write ever manifested or had anything to do with what I actually did. I really thought like what I thought it was all going to be about was this like pre-verbal relationship relationship language is going to have to Mm. change because i'm going to be so intimately involved with someone who doesn't have language Mm. and that really wasn't what happened i don't think the language yeah so i don't know i just think there's we don't really know what's what's happening when we think we do What are the chances? I go home to my dead, try to want less, the communion with my closest candle. Forget the fire, I have done fire, I haven't burned anything without planning. There is a man that stays away in me, he has already missed most of my life. He never finds words and is either too old or too young. Try to go back to shy smiles, slow appetite, a dress that floats up on a bus through the daydreams of strangers, with a lantern, that kind of child. Was it mine, my daydream awareness? Even then, it was the awareness that made me more despicable. Some were wrongful, I'm sure. They did want more than to pinch my cheeks and rode the elevator just to find me. And some were caretakers, as they claimed, if only I had let them adore me.
0: I just love the sentence, I haven't burned anything without planning. And, it, and I spent maybe too much time thinking about if I have ever burned anything and planned it.
2: <laughs> well, I haven't burned anything without planning. I think I was like wanting to have whatever that mysterious experience yeah. is, because I think it was bothering me. There's a certain self-consciousness, even in the amazing act of being able to create fire, like, light something on fire, destroy something, create life, whatever, you know. I, the idea that there's so much forethought <clears throat> and so much self-consciousness that went into it for me. I think I was trying to f- fight to get back to a place of, yeah, just, like, just the, just feeling, like, in the moment, feeling yeah alive and maybe even, maybe being burnt, maybe the, the passive, Form would be being burned. Well, like you know, just yeah, (laughs) not not litter. I'm like you know, you brought in cooking. Now I'm like thinking about being burned. But like I, I think I, I was just looking for something that yeah wouldn't require planning because not only is burning something something that you know you have to actively do and like control once you do it because there's danger to it.
0: Gives burning all this power.
2: I will say the context of it too is like fire took on this new meaning for me at that time because there was there was actually wildfire happening and I I didn't grow up in a world of that in New York so it felt very um that seems about that seems
0: about planning yeah exactly so maybe
2: that's where that came in because obviously Hmm. that's not a planned thing but then there's all sorts of planning of how you would evacuate if It comes to that and so like you go into this kind of crisis mode and because I was in this state of bed rest where like even moving you know with an IV attack like you can only go so far um so like there was very everything was planned every movement so the idea that like you know I could just evacuate like this idea of planning Mm -hmm. and making preparation. desire. It is for you I put the children to bed. Or come, I will keep the house awake for you. The floor is fluttering with tongues. I step through and you step after me, laughing. These are toys. Isn't it obvious how we've changed? I have no more use for pure feeling. You escape directly behind my head. Little vitrines in the closed museums not being looked at. I would die to be their objects. The children left me. You say they came. What could you possibly do for my body when I am in two separate rooms, breathing?
0: Basically, after reading through the whole book and and the the form kind of tightly constructed sentences, sometimes very short, but it kind of created this, this reading like that where phrasing and language itself could be in this, like, fluidity, which, especially in terms of the bilocation of the speaker, like, being in one room and another simultaneously, and over time and
4: through time. Yeah, no,
2: yeah. that's that's true. And I don't always think of, like, the form of words on the page as having that relationship to what's happening spatially, but I feel like in this in this poem, it's a good example of that, where there was this, like, that moving out um and indenting the line I feel like in both cases the first is like stepping over these toys and like the kind of obstacle of space and like going through this house to kind of make a new like can you get back to this different way of being in this house with all of this clutter and I think that the poem does that and of course at the end in two separate rooms breathing I feel like yeah I couldn't have kept it like on the margin because it needed to have that feeling like my mind was Literally moving down the hall, like aware of something, right pushed out on that side. I mean, this. I
0: immediately imagine a baby monitor, but then exactly. going to the deeper, you know, more largesse things. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And I think not all poems, um, obviously, need to. For me, like the that moving words to. The right margin need to be because of like something literally spatial that's moving me elsewhere but i think that this poem maybe start maybe was one of the first ones that made me start really being interested in that mm. movement like I, I just think there's a lot of emotion in um that particular like internal use of space that i i really like following yeah. these days
0: yeah and and the choice on Maybe like compacted short sentences. Did you know you wanted to do that or did that just happen?
2: I feel each poem was on it was its own yeah. thing. I, I have to feel pretty pretty dumb to what I'm doing. So I don't know. I think there were certain ones that needed to move quickly mm-hmm. and there was a kind of urgency and or like feeling that at any moment interruption could happen and because it wasn't happening yet, I actually in a way was also interrupting myself with that thought, so like short, clipped lines, um, I'll write for those ones, for example. Yeah,
0: it's definitely like its own way of carrying the reader through the poem, for sure.
2: Yeah.
1: the light isn't it the work of those of us who work to make new tools with the tools we are given hammering matter into matter more adapted to the hand than to the memory of a hand less to the past than to the path of what comes next and isn't it the work of the next adaptation in part to events specifically by being what it is regardless of detail and whether it wants to or not the matter of persistence through change the hammering of being into time which is itself the work and so it was i took myself down river early in the midst of the worldwide sickness the light on me knowledgeable as all light is knowledgeable silent archive of everything that happens it puts you in your place the light put me in my place light on the surface of east river in march light july through october light at noon on slopes of undulations purling for a moment till it gleams up on the peaks the light like melon ribbon light dribbling from the mouth of a mythical beast like blake's dragon but in effect closer to a nebulous walrus made of fire I am the nebulous walrus made of fire. I walk among you unrecognized but laughing. There is so much beauty left to see in this world, and I became what I am now to see it.
0: The way you set the poem up and, and its title, of course,
1: Um, just thinking about how
0: you, human labor can't yeah. seem to happen without light. Yeah.
4: yeah. We'll
1: we'll labor, labor. Labor, we'll labor. labor. Yeah. 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 Embryonics, uh, but I, I always thought I was a moon person. I think a lot of poets are like we like we love the moon. Yeah, yeah. But at some point, uh, maybe the last ten years, fewer than that, five, seven, I realized that I really like the sun. Like just like it. <laughs> I like things good. Y'all gotta flop cities in that case, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Well, we moved. I was mentioning earlier we moved to this new place in Brooklyn. and oh, yeah, we yeah, got yeah. a ton of windows, and we can really see the sky in three directions. Made me realize that light. I mean, everything they say about the light is true.
2: Do you find it strange that light also means like weightlessness? Do you feel like that goes with being light? light? Probably. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. That's it. Uh, Thanks for, you know, drawing attention to that. I haven't really, I haven't (laughs) thought about that. But definitely I do think of light as being uh, an extension of the air and lightness and Mm. levitation and, you know, hovering. All of that is, uh, and the way that light dances on the surface of things,
5: yeah. I see you in a lonely place. How can you be so blind? You're still regretting the love you left, left me.
0: Did you read a lot about the guanas in your...
1: Yeah, what? yes. Yeah, bits yeah. and pieces here and there, you know? I didn't want to get too, like... I sometimes, like, I, I can write a poem that's a bit of a data dump, you know? And just, mm-hmm. like, a lot of, you know, historical fact and stuff. Like, I like doing that, but I also yeah. didn't want this poem... Th- these poems to be too burdened gotcha. with that, you know? And yeah. I just written uh i just published when i started writing this poem i just published the problem of the many and there's mm-hmm. lots of poems in there that are kind of like really historically specific or tons of information is you know folded into the lyric space and so i kind of wanted to let that go a little bit you know yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. you do compact a lot into a line um yeah so then you kind of had to you you almost held back sometimes when writing these poems to me.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Or like, um, I just felt a little bit more impish in the past.
0: You posted when you finished the manuscript for the book. There were two epigraphs. There was one from Leonora Carrington, "Sir right. Royal Summons," yeah. and one from John Ash- Ashbery's "What Is Poetry." I, I love the Walt Whitman one because it actually, it actually like summarizes those two epigraphs yeah. yeah in less words.
1: That 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 was that was would happen that, okay, yeah uh and uh i also really love that leonore carrington i can't remember it verbatim yeah. right now or else yeah it uh um,
0: no i just wrote i think that's from the royal
1: sentence yeah <laughs> no, i <laughs> discovered leonore carrington's uh short stories when i was teaching yeah. the nonsense class the first time and okay. i fell completely in love with them and that one in particular uh i was interested at that time of one of the of the book's composition and i did write it during the pandemic and there was something yeah. about the fearful state of the world that made me think about the fear that's referenced in that particular sentence and mm. i wish i could remember it and maybe i should look it up at some point when when there's a lull um because it really resonated with me at the time but then uh towards the end i didn't i decided that i wanted the book to be uh a little bit less freighted in a way that i thought that that particular epigraph was kind of you know was hitting certain kinds of notes. And mm-hmm. I just became increasingly interested in the idea of there being just a more neutral kind of epigraph. But one I did want an epigraph. I've always had one. I wanted one that sort of like referenced to the, made reference to the fact that the poems are kind of written in the same form and are concerned oh. with the idea of form and embodiment. Mm-hmm. And it was actually when I was teaching my sublime class that I read that quote from leaves some grass and it okay. hit me a certain way. So all the poems in the book,
0: except one, yeah. are 20 lines, uh, five five quatrains. And one thing, though, is they each have that little indentation. So I liked the idea that they were 10 lines. Um, sure. Yeah, they're sure. like uh, that mm-hmm. old school, like if the line wasn't finished, rapid. Uh, yeah. Yeah, rapid. Yeah. I, I, I kept thinking of each stanza as like a chariot itself, and this chariot traffic in yeah, uh, the poems, true. but I do want to know like, what yes. was behind the choice
1: of the, of the form. Motivated by a number of different things. The first poem that I wrote in that form, I kind of thought, well, I like the length of this. This feels right. Mm-hmm. I kind of have had something of a reputation among people for a, a writer of long poems, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't mind being thought of that way, but I also didn't necessarily think of myself as being exclusively that. So I was interested in the idea of writing a book that was of shorter poems. I've always been interested stru- like in the structure of Ashbury's shadow train, which has mm-hmm. been, you know, four quatrains. trains. Yeah. But uh, that was a little too terse for me, you know, in the first poem that I wrote that had a kind of feeling that I liked was in the 20 lines. And so I thought, you know what? Let me just go back to that form and see what else I can do in it. And then uh, I had it in my mind at first that most of the poems in the book would be in that form, but there'd be a couple of others because I do like to, I, I like, patterns when they're broken you know i kind of, I kind of like making expectations and then there being some kind of outliers it's more dynamic more interesting to me right um but i was having uh lunch with the poet john beer uh I said it should all be so 20 <laughs> so i came as close as i you know could yeah mostly 20 lines and then one twenty-four line poem. so that and, and the idea of each um stanza being a kind of chariot i love that that's very that's that that's touching to me there there's been a couple of reviews that have uh i guess only one review that sort of coined the or said we may as well call poems in this form chariots from now on like these are chariots yeah and, like i like that a lot i like that people, people yeah someone felt compelled to say that about the about the poems and i did think of each poem as it's kind of the way I write anyway, or the way, certainly the way I think of beginning one place and ending someplace else, or like starting and, you know, with one kind of idea and then being pushed through figurative language like metaphor. I mm-hmm. thought of metaphors as a kind of chariot to like transport you. And mm-hmm. that became sort of like something that was on my mind for the most part when I was writing poems. Like, see how far you can go from at the end of the poem from someplace, you know, very. You know, right, quotidian, local, recognisably drawn from you know, real life, or there are some poems where what I start with is also a little bit unusual. But like for example, there's a poem that starts with, uh, "I feel differently about my fingers when I think of them as fringes at the end of my arms than I do uh when I remember them as distinct appendages extending uh, independently from my hands." I <laughs> that thought while we were on the subway going to the mat, and I was with my family, I was like. Do you think of like your hands as being sort of like their own thing that's at the end of the arm, or is it like the arm continuing down and flaring out? Like, and they're like, yeah. no, right. they're like, like, do not walk that way. The ancient <laughs> debate of our, our,
0: our, is the butt part of the legs, or are the legs <laughs> part of the butt? know, yeah. yeah, I never
1: that. Right. yeah. yeah. I yeah. did not participate in that ancient debate. I came late, and <laughs> no, I was just like <laughs> looking at my hands like, are they fringes or are they their own thing? Now,
0: now this is interesting for me, just yeah. curiously. When this hits you on the train and you're with your family, family. yeah, it, you take out an iCloud, you have a pocket notebook, or do you save it up here and then I go home it up there?
1: Damn, how do you I, do that? Well, I tell myself, and I should probably. I mean, I've started jotting something down yeah. on, on my phone, like. On, right on the subway. Yeah. So yeah. you the subway. You have to sort of keep yourself on the subway, and then yeah. the mind goes a little bit more, you know, yeah. intense both and
0: meditative, me.
1: and 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 you know, like transitional and yeah yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So I do sometimes do things, but I tell myself also that if I don't want to take myself that seriously, jot that down. You'll want that later. Yeah. I uh, think well, if it really was <laughs> worth remembering, it will stay with me, and I'll have it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, while writing that book, I did keep a notebook, and most of the poems do exist in. Different longhand versions. So they was yep. writing them mostly by longhand, or I'd start off longhand and then segue to, um, the laptop at a certain point. Okay. And there were there would be times if a phrase, if a title, something I read, something someone said, mm-hmm. you know, did, if I had the book with me, I would write it in there too. Even if I never made use of it, I just had it almost like it's a, you can make some stock from it, like it's a funny bone. Right. maybe you could make yeah. like a broth <laughs> out of it
0: yeah 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 it's interesting listen do you do you have a you
2: yeah have, I, I was just thinking have
0: immediacy writing
2: i have also for similar reasons not on the subject when i kind of want to just be staring at my phone and not interacting i yeah. will sometimes jot down things in, in notes um but i have found that like if the thing i jot down is something overheard or something where like it's the line it's the phrase it's like the music of the thing then yeah. it's worth it to jot it down if I jot down an idea, I often come back to it and just see like the phrase of the idea and it, I, it just seems yeah. terrible to right. me. So okay. I, the idea is better left in my head.
6: Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. Sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city I live in. It's beautiful Brooklyn. long this I live in, believe I'm gon' hey. Cause it's the B, the R, the O, the OK. L-Y-N is the place where I stay. The B, the O, the O, the OK. Best in the world in all U.S. What I say, the beats to get all to the old the okay. Place where I rest this on so my born, day. bust Sometimes I sit back and just reflect. Watch the world go by and my thought connect. I think about the time past and the time to come. Reminisce of that style when I was proud and young. I used to try and come to the neighborhood for shit. do my eyes off, say a little something when I was just a young uh, before the days the of lucky. Charlie Chan's yo, what? Huh? I'm only bugging. Fast forward nine, now I got a team of C. I'm up I'm a C they goes speed to perform a ball, my D. Living in that nice space and time around the nine to five. For as long as I'm alive, I got the shot. I ain't sitting roadside, that ain't part of the plan. I'm out here for my fam doing all of the can. I love my, my city. city. Sweet and gritty in land to outstrip. Nicknamed Wonk Tan, cause we've grown to outburst. Philosophy, be the to touch, touch my I I touch, touch back. Walk the streets like a sweet and get. Like drum tracks, catch no shakes over Jakes. Woo-woo. We bust back. Bring them all these to your face with no place to run back. I'm from the slump that Created the base to thaw back. This ain't the game plan. Play your Gene Brand and drop back. back. What you want, Jack? Look at that they jump at. Turn they guns back. Mama screen where she suns at. Shut up, hunt that. Recurring dream of high stakes. The fourth floor. This front's hardest. Real is it's the place. place. Set over by the judge many years ago. Three billion strong. Yeah, go, we go.
4: Here we go
1: head of orpheus when it was time for the suffering to end we powered down and sat on the steps as if waiting for a chariot drawn by a loss for words if only the mind were made to reflect the world more completely as if we agreed to it we would be free of so many difficulties the path ahead of us miraculously wrinkleless cleared of fallen things what we saw or heard or felt would be an echo of what was a duplicate of the present willow traced by the sun on the fish of our wakefulness easier said than done turns out the friction between what's real and my take on it might be the battery that keeps me awake to begin with and i hadn't stopped to consider what happens when we sleep all those fudgy distortions and embellishments tricked in gold this only goes to show how scatterbrained hope makes me how poorly we navigate when we don't look back to balance what's ahead of us against what's behind fair analogue to what's outside us versus in You have less to say at this pivot point than I imagined, or maybe you're just keeping it all to yourself for now, but no, as I go on detangling these lines from the invisible, it's always you I'm reaching out for, even more so now, I can't see where you've gone.
0: I remember always seeing this sculpture at the Met when we lived there, but I always thought it was like... Super old, um, but it was like nineteen mm-hmm. thirty something. Yeah. You know, and it's got this expression, and Orpheus is just like looking sharply down, like he's either falling or, or his or his torso's been cut off, soothing the gods, but without the thing to play the lyre, just the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I don't think I know that statue. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I
0: think it's to... uh, on the might have been the second floor, and oh, it's okay. just the head, just the head, yeah, head of after
1: Orpheus after the main ads, whacked it off. Is it the, yeah, I think so. Yeah. The ones you did that. Yeah. I had the, there's, Odellon uh, uh, Redon did a ton of uh drawings and paintings mm-hmm. of just a disembodied head of Orpheus, mm-hmm. oftentimes kind of like juxtaposed with the liar, you know? Right. And um, I, I'm a yeah, big fan of Redon, and so that, that's the image, one of those is what I had in my house right Nice. Okay. That yeah, that makes yeah. a lot more sense. Where where does that inspiration come from? Yeah, um you know, writing that one I think that was one of the later one of the later ones. I can't quite remember. Uh but certainly it wasn't one of the earlier ones. So I think it yeah. must have been towards the end. I think it's one of the rare poems in the book that has a you. I think mm-hmm. most of them are just I miracle. Or, yeah, or, right. or third just maybe a couple like in a weird sort of third person thing. hmm I kind of wanted that note, and I wanted, I think I kn- knew I, I wanted there to be somewhere in the book where the actual composition of the book, which happens often enough, to be honest, is, is reflected upon within the yeah. poems one way or another, you know, or the act of the idea of writing, or even the light, I think, on some level was the idea of, like, you still have to keep on renovating and moving on, and I wrote that poem during the, you know, the height of the pandemic, like, probably, mm-hmm. you know, the summer of 2021, I think. When I was taking a lot of walks down to Red Hook, you know, the neighborhood that we were talking about. Yeah. And there's, there's a particular part of Red Hook. I'm not sure if you've been there, a particular feature there called um, Valentino Pier. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah, it, yeah. You know, of it stretches course. right out yeah. into the harbor. Yeah. And uh, I spent a lot of time during the pandemic there. And I did just like become very uh, unashamedly debated by the look of like you know. Mm.
3: I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches I'm moving to the country I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches I'm moving to the country I'm Gonna eat a lot of peaches I'm moving to the country I'm Gonna eat a lot of peaches I took a little nap with a loose salt twist Squished your rotten peach in my fist And dreamed about you, a woman
1: One day I won't react when called by name, or to the light slap on the cheek to break me from the sleep that isn't sleep. I will be still, and yet I won't. One night my living feet will graze the floor like ducks across a pond one final time and lift off into the dark of anyone's guess. Somewhere a word is waiting to be the last I speak. It might be I used it in passing today. It might be I'm using it now. We know this all too well. All things end, and each specifically as this peach picked at an orchard days ago, skin-shangy as a lagomorph. You have to rub it off under cold running water before you'd ever dream of eating it. In all cases, there's a peach that's closer to where you are than all other peaches. Reach out and take it before what's next. Who's been ripening in a brown paper bag? We all have isolating solving for x i worry the divots mark places where the flesh has succumbed to catastrophe but they surprise me every time almost like sunset or like a wellness center i enter through my mouth till i'm right in the middle of the last peach of a season thick with peaches its juice ridiculous and rivers down my chin liturgy of almond push through plush walls of mango and in the heaven of it I don't even know who I am
0: this was the book where you really do that you you don't let darkness outshine anything else yeah um, oh, and, and it, it doesn't even seem like you're, you're not like trying to balance that. it just happens yeah and and it felt like yeah, there, there was just a lot of gratitude.
1: In, yeah, well, in, thanks in, for saying yeah. that, yeah, and I did feel that way, and I, I know that you know I've had reviews that have sort of pointed to the melancholia of my and that is kind of my you know default setting and I think that also over time and working with the people I've worked with or just the things that I'm gravi- that I find myself gravitating towards the idea of the the pain or even the macabre mm-hmm. or even just the, the, the nihilism probably very alluring to me and I think that there is part of me that is drawn to that and who you know of whom it can be said that I do have a kind of Dark goth, streak ish <laughs> But I also know that like I, I have a lot of fun too, and i like I like laughing, I like making yeah. you know, jokes, I like you know stuff that is silly, and I wanted to find a way to include that a little bit more in my in my poem. Uh, but I also know that if I were to do that for like three or four pages, it would get really it would get tedious, you know. So I yeah. thought that keeping them a little bit shorter just being a little bit acrobatic or flexible in the way that poems moved. Um, Yeah. I mean, I know they're not knee slappers, but with the (laughs) Tequila Peaches, that was like the last poem I wrote, the absolute last poem that I wrote. And we had, you know, we had back in Rhode Island, we had visited this place in my hometown, Johnston, uh, called Dane Farm. And they had massive peaches and they were really phenomenal. Yeah. And they were covered with like more peach fuzz than I would ever thought you know, was like... You're like, is that edible still? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was not going to eat it. It was really like, <laughs> yeah. You don't know why me, like, like yeah. it's like, so fuzzy. Like, yeah. it, it almost became, like, mammalian. And uh, yeah. so I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but the peach itself was beautiful. And I knew I wanted to write about the peach. I had been asked by, uh, it's like the, the Shanghai Botanical Society to write, or a person working with them, to write oh, a book really? about a, a piece of fruit. Huh. And, um... Uh, cool. I didn't really know it was going to be peach going in, but when I saw the peach, I said, oh, there's, there's, my, there's my fruit. Um, um, yeah. And I don't yeah. think I really realized that it was a kind of, like, no, this is not going to seem believable. But it was only later that I realized that it seems like it's a reference to the like, daring to be a be. I
0: thought that, but, I, you know, I was like, but the
1: rest of them didn't go there. Yeah, I mean, I do want the idea of there being, like, this sort of sensuous thing that you just engage That's with. That's happening. And an sure, idea yeah. of your own impending death at the same time. You know, yep. just, I have to start there. I'm still myself. Uh, uh, and I do like the idea of, like, there will be one time where it's like, that'll be the last time you lift your feet off the ground. Because you're going to die in bed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. So it is levitating. Forever. Yeah, that's right. That's forever. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. maybe I was a bit inspired by it. One my daughter said that there was a time that was the last day we picked her up. and we will not pick her up anymore because she was now oh, and adult. She, she will yeah, take herself yeah. and bring exactly. her stuff Wow. And there was a day when that was the last time we picked her up. <laughs>
0: we should mark those occasions. Those are yeah.
2: nice things. they're happening.
1: But then you don't know right. what's happening.
0: Right. right
1: unless, like, you do one extra time, like, I'm deliberately picking you up right now for the last, yeah, you yeah. get a cake, candle terminal raising. Yeah. Yeah. How <laughs> with a card? I mean, you know, congratulations on your terminal raising. <laughs>
0: What is your
4: favorite sandwich to make for yourself
2: that's a good one um probably kind of boring but turkey avocado basics right now i'm very limited because um there's like an allergen situation at my son's school so i have to be more creative so hopefully that will lead to some expansion but
0: what about the kind of Bread, um, toasted?
2: sourdough would oh. be my preference, yeah. Nice. Okay, roasted. I like a baguette too.
4: Nice, okay. Uh, Timothy,
1: uh, BLT, probably not really eating bacon that much right now, but uh, sometimes I'll make it with the turkey bacon, make an egg sandwich. I like an egg sandwich, mm. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and then what about beverage? Do you prefer wine, beer, a type of liquor, or something else?
2: Well, last night we had some funky wine. I can't remember the name of it, but sure. I remember the word funk being associated with sure. it, and I actually really enjoyed it. It feels like it's I can still taste it, so I'm going to go with wine.
0: Like a skin on, natural organic kind of wine. Is what you had with it orange? It or wasn't.
2: It? No, that was that came up. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I love the word skin contact for that category of wine, but <laughs> no, this was not that, but it was it just had a really nice forward motion.
1: Okay. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I like I like a glass of wine, and yeah. I like an IPA. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, Elizabeth, you
0: were born in New York, but yes. and potentially I read misplaced as a Los Angeles person, but you've been there now for a while. So, what are your three favorite things about living
4: in LA?
2: Ooh, that's a good one. Forces me to think positively. Um, <laughs> I do like the marine layer um, and like the fog that comes in in the morning in the part of LA that I now am in, I kind of like it's, it's both a positive and a negative, but walking in LA since I don't really drive, um, I don't drive at all. It makes it feel extra special to be walking and you get more sort of, of, you know, time to yourself. And then uh, third, I guess the decenteredness, the fact that there's not like one center allows me to kind of, Feel like I'm going to new places, even in what is technically still my home city.
0: Right. You don't drive in LA.
2: No, which is crazy. I mean, I I have to take an Uber every now and then, okay. but usually, like you know, I basically moved to Santa Monica because it it allowed me to do more on foot. There's pretty good public transportation oh, right. in Santa Monica.
0: So yeah, and, and then LA has. A subway that no one ever talks about, but it's there. Yeah,
2: and I just learned recently that apparently, you know, the tar pits, the La Brea tar pits are there, too. And one of the reasons that the subway can't be underground for too much is that the, the, yeah, the tar, um, it's toxic. You can't dig into it.
4: Right. Wow. Mm.
0: Okay. So, Timothy, um, you aren't from New York, but you've lived in Brooklyn a long
1: time. Mm -hmm. What are your three favorite things about living in Brooklyn? Brooklyn or New York overall, I would say what I like is the um the culture um by which I mean like the museum's cinemas, bookstores all that kind of thing odd you know, concert and the thing about the movies is and this is something I recently discovered is that if there's any movie worth seeing any movie you want to see from the distant past or the recent past, if you type it into Google and then you want to see if it's going to be playing some time in the city it will be it's it will be yeah there like are lots of you know Interesting little cinemas that show things, you know, from, from the archive. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love that. That's a, that's a good... Any, any ad- yeah. others? Got oh, yeah, I look should look. say I should do three things, right? Yeah. So maybe I could spread those out and make them three, but I'll say I like, I like the I like the neighborhood that we're in. Mm-hmm. We're kind of between Gowanus and Red Hook, a little slice of Carroll Gardens that's dipping down between the... And it's interesting to me. You know, it's interesting. Um... We have a nice uh, amount of sunlight that comes into our apartment, and a lot of sky, and I'm happy about that. And, but, you know, I've just been there so long, so I do feel, like, connected to it and the history gotcha. that we have, you know, and, and I a good, I've got a good job, and I'm grateful for that, so.
0: So, speaking of... Books, culture, what yeah. uh, three books are each of you currently reading or recently read?
2: Let me think. What have I really liked? I Well, I, I have um, Gerard Avant's book in my back, yes. I, Muscadine, so I've been enjoying that. I also brought Jo um, Jobang's new book, um, yes. Film in Which I Play Everyone, but yes, and...
0: It's called A Film in Which I Play Everyone? Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then... I think I've actually been reading a lot. Pure Color by Sheila Hetty, I oh, really like. Um, there's this whole moment in it where it's like the grief over her father's death, but in this moment, he or she is in a leaf. And it's not like even surrealist, it's actually just like suddenly the reality of her being in a leaf. And I thought that that was amazing that like that kind of a metaphor could be so extended in fiction and not be. Fantastical.
1: I'm teaching now, and I uh, mostly focusing on the books for the class. I taught this class before; it's a nonsense, and I'm teaching it um, teaching it this fall. And I just reread everything while I'm doing that. So my most recent reads were Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, and then Here's a Looking Glass, and now we're doing uh, Rumbos uh, Illuminations Ashbury's translations. I'm going okay. through that again. Yeah. yeah, and before that, we read this. Um, this play that, that's from the late 18th century, a German play by a guy named Ludwig Tieg, and, mm. uh And he apparently was a really popular German romanticist at the time, but not too well known, I don't think, in the States at this point. Uh, and it's a really madcap version of Pussy Boots. It's, it's <laughs> terrific. It's like Wow. Knee-slappingly funny.
0: And the class yeah. on
1: nonsense? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wow. We do some sort of traditional, you know, Victorian nonsense like Lear and, of course, Carol. Uh <laughs> But then we kind of push it forward into other, you know, contemporary work that probably wouldn't call itself nonsense, but yeah. it's going about making sense in a way that is perhaps um, uh, flies in the face of common sense. And that's... Yeah. It. Yeah. And so we do, yeah. we do tender ends, We do, you know, a lot of modernist stuff. do
2: no, but I should,
1: because we spend a lot of time talking about portmanteau words, and of course there's so many in Finnegan's Quake, but we don't really, we don't do choice. I, uh, at this point, I'm trying to, like, pare down the solos, because I have a tendency right. to get over The fifth question is the
0: one everybody gets mad at, um, or it's tough. So, yeah, you get one album to listen to for the rest of your life. What are you going to listen to?
2: If I could think of an album, I would answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably Blue, Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Definitely, that's okay. actually, yeah. that's... Yeah.
0: Inarguable. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's a good choice. I
2: feel like any any emotional phase you're in, suddenly it, those songs, yeah, yeah, speak to it, so... Yeah, definitely. Wow. Okay.
1: That album was a crucial part of my first daughter's uh, sleep routine. Really? So I kind of know really? it inside and out. Uh-huh. Every little breath, every little, you know...
2: It's the perfect thing to bring you into sleep. I guess yeah.
0: it is relaxing and...
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Did you have a favorite song on the album? Did she? Yeah.
1: I don't remember if she did. Do you? But I, yeah, I had the first one. I am uh, probably going to go with Bloom by Beach House. Really?